My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Welcome, welcome to my podcast, My Love of Life Energy. And today I have the most gorgeous, beautiful, wonderful woman, Nita Lockwood. And I know Nita through Supercoach. We were on a program together and where we had to do a six-month project together. And Nina is one of these people, she, she has a beautiful podcast on creativity, <clears throat> which we will make sure we refer. But Nina is one of these people who I don't know very well, and I still want to know so much more, even though I was with her for 18 months, but it's like I, I get hungry. So welcome. Welcome, Ooh. Nina. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you. It's just an honor to have you. As I look at your um, I don't do video intentionally, but I wish this is one time where I did do video because behind Nina is just <clears throat> all of her art and her creativity. And you see all these beautiful things that she's created in her life. So welcome. Thank you. Well, yeah. you know, I was thinking before we started this call that such a big component is about Creativity is having an open mind mm. and an open heart. But in terms of our thinking about creativity, which most of the time we associate with the arts, that it's really everywhere and it's in everything we do. We can make it more creative. We can make it less creative, more predictable, more who knows what will happen and it maybe it's a matter of taste but you know remember that old phrase variety is the spice of life yeah how much do we spice our lives <laughs> well we like the variety when we we like what the outcomes are but if it's really true variety is the truth of life <laughs> yeah and then, of course, there's that factor of resistance when we don't like something and we push it away rather than wondering what else we could do with it. Mm. That's interesting you say that because I was looking at um, the mold on my roses and I was wondering what the gift of it was for the first time and that struck me. I'm curious, how do you know whether you have an open heart or an open mind? Like we hear those things we hear that a lot, like the concept of that, but how are you aware of that? How can you tell? I'm most aware of it when something is happening or I'm doing something and I, I hear in my head, if not verbally, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. It's ugly. It's stupid. It's not going anywhere. Nobody wants to hear this or see this some sort of resistance to whatever is going on or whatever I'm doing or creating or hoping to create so that's one of the ways I know and it's also true I think 
in terms of having an open heart, if I am, I have this feeling of pushing something away rather than embracing it or diving into it. I once had a, years ago, I took a collage workshop from a wonderful, very gifted artist. And I had put something together and I di it didn't come out quite the way I wanted it to. And she came over and she started without my permission. <laughs> she just started <laughs> healing things off of the paper that I had collaged onto it. And at first, you know, I had to put my jaw back up like, wait a minute, what are you doing? But it was actually perfect because then I, by seeing something and having her go into it as an example, rather than saying, yes, yeah, start over, she just started tweaking it and playing with it. And mm. once I got over the initial shock of it, I thought, wow, that's the answer. So that's a lot of it. The resistance is to me is why we don't, why we don't keep exploring. Mm. You know, sometimes I wouldn't even know that I'm resisting something. Oh, I can hear it really loud for, <laughs> for now me. Now can you hear it? Yeah, yeah. And maybe I've just gotten more sensitive to it, but that the feeling that comes with it, that I'm doing something wrong or this is wrong or I'm not getting it, you know, some some resistance, not just to what I'm seeing in front of me as a result of what I'm doing, but how I'm feeling about it. That's a really good indicator for me. Say more about that. Well, if I look at something that I'm writing or I'm creating somehow and it's not going well, it's not going according to my imagined unfolding, if I am resisting that, if I am wanting it to be anything other than what it is at that moment, not that I would leave it there, but just if I'm fighting with it before it's even complete, I know. Oh, I'm wow. I'm in the wrong waters, and I need to step out. It, it, it strikes me so much what you just said, the two things you just said, because if you're creating and something's coming through you, but you're resisting it, that's one thing, but then to play with what's coming through you. It's such a different feeling. It's There's a huge difference to it. And one of the things that used to happen to me all the time was that I would get to a certain point, and if I didn't like it, I was convinced I couldn't fix it so that I would mm -hmm. have to put it aside, start over again, when actually going through it, going into it, was what revealed something unexpected and something way more interesting than what I had assumed it was going to look like or be like. Oh, wow. There's a, do you know Jules Swales? She's a writing coach, uh, method writing. I've heard of her. Anyway, she says, no surprise for the writer, no surprise for the reader. And what you're, I just heard that it's the same thing. It's like you get surprised by what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Is that and true? 
Yes, I think that's true. And I think it's also true that the surprise doesn't happen if we stop and say, oh, no, this is going in the wrong direction. But we don't really know. There's mm -hmm. so much. I see this coming up for me so much. I make an assumption. Oh, this, no, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. But I don't know until I try it. And going back to that example of, of peeling away the layers of the collage, I think that is so true in terms of our life experience. That we get to a certain point and we give up or quit or find fault with it when actually it could be the raw material out of something, out of which something else can arise. But if I'm thinking, oh, well, I should be done now, this should be finished. This should be where the good stuff happens. I'm imposing a limitation that just really gets in the way. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I just, when you just said that, my mind just exploded. How can I help? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like we can't see where things are going. And we just assume. But if we just, I actually am almost teary. It's kind of like, you know, the great, um, God, it reminds me of that, uh, God, that famous quote, good news, bad news from, you know, the Chinese farmer. Yes. Like good news, bad news. Right. But right. we don't stay open, so we stop seeing. Yeah. And what you're inviting is people to stay open to see. I don't know that's what you're doing. That's what I just heard. So that's, sorry, that's Anna Scott on making up shit about Nina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm certainly willing to go along with that. I think it really makes a huge difference in, in life because we don't know. We don't know whether what appears to be a failure is actually going to turn into the material for a success or a springboard for something entirely new, but to make those, not only the assumptions about what it should look like, but where it's going to go and when it's going to go, rather than just doing our best to say, oh, hmm, this is what it is at the moment. And could it be something else? To not stop there, could it be something else? It, I, I'm so curious. Um, I don't know why I'm what, like the question that comes into my mind with this creativity and this scene, how does it impact your relationships? Great question. Overall, it makes me less judgmental, mm. kinder, mm. gentler, Maybe not always more gentle, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know I see because I see myself and other people, and I when I know that I'm getting in my own way, I see when other people get in their own way, and and it's all just a matter of how we've been conditioned. Mm. We're all in the same boat. We believe so much of our conditioning that. We don't give ourselves a chance to just be and just express ourselves the way little kids would. Now, 
we're not going to express ourselves exactly the way they do because we have more experience, more knowledge, more life experience in general. But to have that openness, mm. you know, when how kids play, you know, one minute they're a water panther and the next they're a seal and the next they're a mermaid and the next they're <laughs> an octopus. You know, last week we, we tried to do this podcast. God, am I glad it failed because um, I get two, two, the best two out of three with you, Nina. But I remember you saying something about um, physics, that they're showing that the atoms are, you said something that the atoms, it's just we're a bunch of space. Yes, and I, I am sorry, and I'll say this in advance, I can't remember the numbers exactly, but in an atom... There is so much space between the electrons and the protons and the neutrons and the uh, the center of the atom that it's like the nucleus is the size of a lemon in a football field. Oh my God! Oh my God! It's something ridiculous, and of course we're so locked into matter being solid that we don't really taste that very often because what i can just feel when you're talking about the kids this is why i brought it up is because they have so much space that they can throw the atoms apart and together apart and together that it just becomes this they're not holding anything solid and i could feel the spaciousness of that. I could feel the really good point. Excuse me. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, that's it. We're here to talk hear you, not me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the thing with children is that they are creating new neural pathways so quickly at that age, you know, till they get maybe it's till they're ten. They're, the, billions and billions of new connections are being formed. They don't have the kind of rigidity that we do as adults, where things are pretty much well-described, well-restrained or constrained. And it's a little bit different for us because we, we're, not in the, we're not in the growth pattern where so many neural pathways are being developed. Most of ours have already been set pretty rigidly into place. But the great thing that you hear a lot about now with neuroplasticity is that the brain is always capable of making new pathways and mm. and expanding its um, possibilities. It's a matter of whether we are willing to experiment with it. Because if it's, the possibility is there, unless we're so comfortable that we need nothing, we want nothing, we're very happy exactly the way things are. But then again, those are going to change too. So <laughs> it pays to be curious about what else is possible. Well, it seems to me when you're doing your art, that you're always building new neural pathways. It could be. that That's certainly not my intention. But as long, I think the flexibility, mental flexibility, that is possible when we continually play with our options. Are we going to choose door number one, door number two, door number three? 
even if we don't know what's behind it, and most of the time we don't. Well, you know, what strikes me, Nina, is that like what you're saying, you know, about the creativity and being open and that this could be something else, like there's no wrong door. Yeah. It's just a door that opens and it has possibilities in that we can see what we could do with it. Yeah. I think so. I think that's a really good point. We're, we are often trained to be super concerned about our limitations. This is the way things are. This is how it should look. But why? Why We don't have to. I mean, you can see how clearly that is an important component in the way a culture makes its people conform. But within that, I mean, we all know since we've been young that that feeling of being restricted is not a pleasant one. But we get so used to it. It's like cattle that are, end up being in these pens after being out in the open fields when they were little calves, you know, dancing around and loving the grass and being in the sun. And then we get put into these pens and stay there. We get fattened up and then we go to the conveyor belt. <laughs> <laughs> I never used that analogy before, but... But hey, we can work with it. I think so many of us get comfortable. Oh, this is familiar. I don't have to exert myself. When that's that place of exertion, we know about it in exercise, that if we move our bodies, we're going to have a different experience of ourselves, usually a healthier one. Same thing with our minds. Same things with our, same with our hearts. I just, the feeling I just keep on getting with you is just the spaciousness. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all the possibilities. And the minute we make it into something, it's like we, we can go in, like to use the cow metaphor, we can go into the stall, but we know the door is invisible. It can come off at any time. Yeah. It's not really a door. Right. <laughs> There isn't, like, I wonder why so, I was thinking about like the preciousness, like we make things so precious mm. or matter. And that seems like the, the, the death of creativity is to make things precious or it matters. You know, that is a really good wondering because there are, I think it all depends on where our response is coming from whether because i'm thinking well there are things that i do care about that i consider precious for instance what's happening on the planet and climate change and what's happening with climate migration and what's happening with politics and this this um, growing hatred and sense of me versus you like that's precious to me that that those situations are precious to me, but if I'm not coming from love and I'm not coming from wanting the best for everyone, then preciousness can be selfish or it can be not selfish. It could be 
wanting the best. Oh, wow. See, and I think that I said it differently. Mm. I think that I was, oh God, you just like, <laughs> I feel like I'm being exploded talking to you. I think I was in the intellect precious, like this is important to me, this matters, mm. you know, like, like I put pressure on what it needs to look like. Yeah. And it kills something rather than just seeing the creative process come through me and not have a lot of thinking about what it is, but yeah. just be kind of in awe or wonder what it's going to become. But what you just said is so much bigger than what I was looking at. Well, there's lots of ways that we can make things harder for ourselves. And although we're talking about creativity. We could call it by a lot of other names. You know, it's in one way you could talk about it in terms of relationships. I think relationality is sort of a word, and if it isn't, I'm going to use it anyway. Is that what's my relationship to everything I put my hand to? What's my relationship to the river, the, the, the land? the people in my life, my family, my friends, what's... Oh, God, what I'm seeing, Nina, is that the truth of we get to create our experience and our relationship to everything around us. I mean, that's what you're pointing to. Or at least that's what I think you're pointing to. Mm. Like, well, we I think we... This. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. You know... Creating our experience may be the right word. I'm not, I'm not really sure if, if I would say it that way. Although the words might be irrelevant here, it seems like we are making a choice oh. about whether we are going to keep the door open or if we're going to shut it. Yeah. I'm not sure who creates what anymore <laughs> to tell you. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know about that, but I'm just like, but I can feel the come from. Mm. I can feel whether I'm coming from love and openness, mm. or I can feel whether I'm coming from fear or anger or hurt. Yeah. Yep. And that's the ticket right there. Once you notice that, then you have a choice. Well, I noticed that when I create from love or openness, it comes out very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just noticed that. I noticed that there's something fresh. There's more of an honoring of everything. Yes. It's inclusive. Yeah. You know, I think going back to your earlier question about how it affects my relationships, I think that we see well, I'll speak for myself. I, I see our commonality in terms of our innocent messing up all the time and believing things that aren't useful for us to believe. You know, they keep us small and keep us, keep our lives very predictable. <laughs> We're all, there's that's so what we've all, there's, you know, most of us have been taught that. What I love 
is the both, the predictability and the variety. Like knowing yeah. both exist. Yeah. And they each have their place. Yeah. I don't but think I'd want to have, yeah, I wouldn't want to have granola 365 days of the year. But frequently <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> and I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want too much variety because it would just, I'd have to be adjusting all the time. Mm. Yeah. But I like the, I like the dance of the two. Mm -hmm. I think you're totally right on with that. I think it is a dance because I wonder if it isn't true that we are able to be a little wilder and a little crazier and a little bit more in the discovery mode, explorer mode, when we know we can go back to something that we can rely on. <laughs> and that what we rely on has to come from ourselves. <laughs> I don't know why that just, that really touched me, Mia. Mm. I think that's it, is if we really know that we do have something internally we can rely on, yeah. that's eternal. It allows the variety. It allows the spontaneity. Yeah. Yep. And we have a lot less uh, to do with that than we think. <laughs> you know that whatever it is that's shining through our experience allows for anything to come in in the moment. And that's just if I'm open and I can see it. If I'm willing, like not willing. I just know if I'm open. Yeah. Yeah. See, you know, so that goes right back to the beginning of our conversation about having an open mind. Just the feeling of that, that lemon in the football field, there's not a better feeling than that. For some, no. it's an acquired taste, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that that's the truth because we don't know that it, like we forgot. Yeah. But I think. As we sit here and we're talking, I can feel more and more spaciousness coming in. Mm. Yeah. To me, that is, the more we feel that, the more that to me is an expression of our true nature. Our true nature is open and expansive and limitless. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the The other thing that strikes me is it's so beautiful. Like looking at you, I mean, I know we're all just reflections, but it's just so beautiful and alive. You know, even as we age, there's so much life in it. Yeah. And you know what's cool about getting older is that the older, at least this has been my experience, the older I get, the less I feel like I have to conform 
Like, I've done that already. I've done what you said I should do. <laughs> you know, I've played the game. I've done this. I've done that. I don't, I'm too old for it now. <laughs> you know, I just don't need it. Of course, that can happen at any age, but I think it's especially freeing if you're over 40 or over 50 or over 60. <laughs> what, what I want to say to you, because we're coming to the end of this, which really makes me sad. I can always do another one with you. Um, is that this aliveness, because you so, I can just feel it so in you. It's the best facelift ever. <laughs> <laughs> It's the best, it's the best um, anti-aging cream I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, that's a great compliment and I will take it very I, I, I gratefully. Mean, <laughs> I just see that. It's just this, this aliveness coming through you, creating through you without any of the, um, it feels like, you know, that, that the cow thing you were talking about going up the pens into the, you don't have any more, so many starts and stops that you have to hurdle over and work through. Yeah. You're just like, it's like letting life flow through you. Yeah. That's and you beautiful. have that too. We all have it. Yeah. It's, it's just a matter of saying, okay, <laughs> let's see, bring it on. Oh my God. Okay, Nina, thank you. Beyond thank you. My and pleasure. Nina, Nina Lockwood can be found at www.ninalockwood.com, correct? Indeed. And Nina has a beautiful podcast that is out there about creativity. She also has a class in love coming up. I don't know if it's full yet. Is it full yet? No. Oh, good. Si sign me up. I want to find out the details. I'm, I'm so playing more with you. Okay. That, I'm in. And, I love um, that. Anything else that you want to put out there? Well, in regards to creativity, having an open mind, playing more, I can't recommend it highly enough. <laughs> <laughs> it changes lives, really does. What a gift. Thank you for having me on this call. Oh, God, I loved it. Thank you. Oh. <laughs>